Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. This is episode 125. The title of the podcast is A Weak Church Model, The Regular Attender. I want to talk about this not-so-new phenomenon anymore. It's been around for more than a couple of decades now, but it's the new label that we give to church folks. It's called the regular attender versus becoming a church member. I want to talk about church membership in this podcast and why it is important. If you want to read the show notes, I do have a graphic here, and that's really the impetus for the podcast. I do a lot of infographics. Historically, when I counsel folks, I sketch out my entire counseling session for them. Used to do it on white typing, copying paper, and then God gave us the iPad, and I began sketching out these counseling ideas on an iPad, and then I would email a PDF document to the individual so they would have a visual of the counseling session. And from those counseling sessions, hundreds upon hundreds of them, well, after a while, there is some repetition between individuals, and I begin to turn these sketches into infographics, and now those infographics are on my website. I have over a hundred of them, and you can access them if you want to. One of those infographics is called a weak church model, and I'll just give you a picture of it. I'll paint it with my words so that you can see it. It is a, in the middle is a small circle, and that small circle is labeled a weak gospel-centered DNA. And then outside of that circle are several large circles, and all of them represent attenders, church attenders. And so if you look at it, it's a small circle in a sea of large, bigger circles surrounding it. And that is a weak, I say a weak gospel-centered DNA. It is a weak church model when the leadership of the church or the disciple makers of the church or the church membership is much smaller than those who are not committed to the local church. Now, that's also, well, it's dangerous. Let's use the body, your physical body analogy if your immune system is not greater than the potential for disease, well, you will die. You'll contract all kinds of diseases, and it will have an adverse effect on you. And so you want your, your immune system to be greater, stronger, more powerful than what is coming into your body so that you can overcome those things. And and be healthy. Church life is the same way. If you have 50 strong, committed members and 500 attenders, well, that is a weak church model, and the church will not be able to survive because you can't accomplish what you need to accomplish. I feel this effect in my ministry with a hundred plus thousand people walking through our cyber doors on a regular basis, and we have a small team. And so we are working hard to appeal to people to come and help to grow our internal infrastructure so that we can serve this massive number of people that 
come to us on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. But we do have this phenomenon within our church culture, and it has been happening over a couple of decades. There are reasons for that, and I want to talk about it in this podcast. And so you can get this infographic if you want it, episode 125, A Weak Church Model, The Regular Attender. I also have some links here, five ways you can love your church. Another article you can read, Dear Pastor, Do You Groan When You Think of Me? I'm thinking about Hebrews 13 at this point. Our pastors should serve us with joy, not with groaning. You can also get the link here and go to my book on the local church. I really would encourage you to read this. I've had more than one elder tell me I read it. I love it. We are implementing these things in our local church, but it's not just for church leadership, pastors, elders, small group leaders. Yes, you read it too, but also the church member. The title of the book is Local Church. Love it, leave it, change it. Those are your three options, and I walk through those things in this book. All right, let me get into this weak church model, the regular attender, and again, you can get all of this information at episode 125, the show notes. And let me go ahead and shoot the big elephant in the room right up front. Membership to a local church is not mandated biblically, meaning nobody can come to you and says, the Bible says, the Bible does not say that you must become a member of a local church. And so I want to remove that argument. The real issue that I'm getting at in this podcast is commitment versus non-commitment. Now, the Bible does mandate commitment to a local church. Paul wrote to local churches. There are over 30 one-anothers that that Paul gives us throughout his New Testament writings, and they apply mostly to inside the local church. And so what we're talking about here is commitment. And so I don't want to get into an intellectually dishonest argument over membership versus non-membership. What I really want to talk about is are you committed to your local church or are you non-committed? You could say, do I have a high view of the local church or a low view of the local church? Now, the reason that I'm using the terms membership versus regular attender is because those are the two demographics that we have and primarily we have in our church culture today. We don't have a demographic labeled the committed and the non-committed. But the two teams, generally speaking, and I think you understand this, are members and attenders. Though there are exceptions to this, I know there are exceptions, so don't write me about this. I get it. There are members of local churches who have a pitiful low commitment to the local church, and there are those outliers, attenders, who have a high commitment to the local church. But what I'm getting at is what we want are committed Christians to the local church versus non-committed, and 
typically that is distinguished by joining a local church or not joining a local church. But there are dangers to non-membership, and I mean non-membership versus being a member. So while the Bible does not mandate membership because of the age in which we live, there are dangers for not being a member in a local church, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But the big idea, the overarching idea, for the most part in everything that I say in this podcast, what it's really about is commitment versus non-commitment. And those are the two things that I want you to think about when you think about your relationship with your local church. Are you committed? Because you, there is no wiggle room here. You can't get around this. Paul had a high view of the local church, and we should be part. We should be committed to a local church. Now, I don't want to sound like the get-off-the-lawn guy, the old dude, the old way. But here's the thing. The old way is not necessarily and not always the wrong way. We don't want to dismiss everything in our past because there's a lot that has happened to in our past that is very good, and we want to build upon those things And we do not want to disconnect ourselves from those things. And one of those things is the gospel. Jesus died on a tree over 2,000 years ago, and we don't want to change that at all. We want to build upon it. So just because I'm an old guy and I may sound like the the get-off-the-lawn guy, that's not what we're talking about here. So don't dismiss me because I'm old. But the truth is, community life used to be centered around a local church building. It was the building. That was the local church. That is where community life is centered. It's interesting, if you drive alongside the mountains in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake is a beautiful city as you come through it and as you uh, go down the interstate, in Salt Lake, you'll see these communities just scattered all along the interstate. And every few miles, you'll see a white church building in the center of a community as you're going down the highway. Now, these are uh, Mormons, and I understand that, but it is a picture of what Christian life used to be in communities all over the world. The church building was the hub for community life. And that was just a, it was a non-negotiable. It was expected. Nobody gave it any thought. The church was central. Now, maybe that was a bad illustration about Salt Lake City, but it was so visual in my mind as we were traveling through Salt Lake. It's like, wow, every few miles you could see all of these houses, and then in a prominent place you'll see these white, steepled church buildings. And it's the way things used to be for the Christian community. But there has been a culture shift in my lifetime Specifically, over the past 10 years, 15 years, there has been a huge culture shift. And the two words that would define that culture shift more accurately than anything else is social media. 
Social media is the new social center for relationships, not the local church. People find more relationship, and there's a lot of reasons for it. They feel safe. Some people are just lazy, and there's other reasons too, but social media has created a new kind of community life, especially for those who don't know about how things used to be when the local church was the social media center for a community or for a town. This new culture doesn't know that because they weren't reared. Many of the young people today weren't reared to know, believe, understand, appreciate, be be affected by the local church community because they have been imbibing on social media virtually, no pun intended, all of their lives. And so there has been a culture shift. Now, it's not just social media, but social media may be one of the biggest reasons that we've shifted away from the local church. And that reason is going to continue to grow because social media is a cyber tsunami and it is upon us and we are affected by it. Now, I am a beneficiary of social media And in many ways, I believe in it when it is used redemptively, but with every good common grace thing that God gives us, we have a way of messing messing it up. And we have blundered, we have face planted in social media and messed it up big time. And so I don't want to throw social media out and say it's all bad. It is fantastic in many wonderful ways that our ministry is just one illustration of that. But there is a huge downside. But there are other reasons that the culture has shifted away from the local church. One of those is we live in a transient culture. My grandmother was born in a house on a country road. She got married, moved a half a mile down the same road, built a home with her husband, my grandfather, And she lived and died there within a half a mile. And three miles farther down the road was her local church. And that's how she lived. And that is commonplace. We like to say here in Greenville, South Carolina, which which is where I live, which may be similar to your town too. But nobody is from here. Everybody is from somewhere else. Now, that's not totally true, but you meet people. If you're out every day, you will meet people every day who are not from around here, including me, including my wife. We live in a transient culture, and because of that, our community life shifts. Another reason for this cultural shift is pastoral leadership abuse. I see this probably more than you. I hear about it all the time. It's a real thing. It's a big thing. It's a major thing, and and it's a sad thing. And because of pastoral, ministerial, leadership abuse within the local church, people run from the local church. So social media has moved us from the local church building, a transient culture, pastoral abuse, leadership abuse, and ineffectiveness of the church. We must own this. We must talk about ourselves in in redemptive ways, but we can't hide the truth of ourselves 
behind uh, curtains or smoke and mirrors or under the rug, the church by and large is ineffective. And I just had this discussion last week in Alaska with some friends, and as I told them, one of the reasons that I exist is because of the ineffectiveness of the local church. We lead people back to the local church. It's, we, it's one of the reasons I'm having this podcast now because of our high view of the local church, but I, I'm self-aware. I understand that the church is ineffective in many ways, and people are looking for other resources other than the local church. And then tied to this is bad religion. Not just the ineffectiveness of the local church, but bad religion like legalism. And I think I may live in the heart of legalism here in the South. As I have shared with many people, I run a detox center for fundamentalists. Fundamentalist is a legalistic, it's a dying culture, but it's a culture of legalistic worldviews and behaviors and attitudes, and the fallout is great. It's a fear-based culture, and I've been in it for 30 years, and I have counseled many people coming out of the fundamentalist movement because it is a hard, bad religion, and then tied to that, church burnout. But all of these reasons, whether you're burnout, bad religion, ineffectiveness of the church, pastoral abuse, a transient culture, or social media, the shift, the culture has shifted, and the result is a low view of the local church. Church is no longer must-see TV. I mean, my goodness, we don't even have to go any longer. We can stream it. We don't have to leave our homes. Even if we love church, we don't have to go anywhere. But church is no longer the thing. It's a peripheral item in many of our lives. It's the second thought. Soccer will trump church any day. Well, Sunday especially. Swim teams, volleyball, the sports gods are more powerful than the local church. It's just a side item. We will get there when we get there, and because of that membership, or if you want to say a low commitment to the local church, or a high commitment to the local church, rather, it's not valued. We don't want to become members. We don't participate in the local church. And membership, again, not mandated by Scripture. I'm not playing that card, but it's an ind- it can be a solid indicator to your value of the local church. And here are the dangers, and I want to list eight before I get to some solutions. Eight dangers of having a low view of the local church or what I'm doing in this podcast, dividing the teams up as into members and regular attenders. Number one, limited accountability. It is essential that we have accountability. It is essential that we have people speaking into our lives. One of the common themes that runs through nearly all the lives of the people that I've counseled, and I'm talking about thousands of people, The reason that they're meeting with me, part of the reason is because of ineffective accountability. They have not been accountable to other people who knew them well enough to speak into their lives and to be able to help them dissect their problems and to walk through those things and to put on Christ and to live righteously. 
if you have a low view of the community of faith, well, it stands to reason that you would have limited accountability. Number two, the danger with more attenders in the local body than members is the complainers will outnumber the problem solvers. And it's so true. And because of these things that I mentioned before, the, sh- the culture shift items, social media, transient culture, but more importantly, pastoral abuse, ineffectiveness of the church, bad religion like legalism and church burnout. By the way, when I mentioned church, when I talk about church burnout, I didn't say this, but what I mean by that is that sometimes church can be so dominating A pastor told me in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, 30 years ago when his young son was riding with him in his pickup truck. His son was probably three years old. And his young son turned to his daddy pastor and said, Daddy, too much church. Daddy, too much church. Sometimes we can just run our people ragged. And because the membership and the commitment is so low, it is 20% or less of the people doing all the work. And so we're burning out the people who are committed to the local church because the complainers outnumber the problem solvers. And there's so few people that are doing so much work, which is tied to point number three. The spectators outnumber the participators. Not only do the complainers outnumber the problem solvers, but the spectators outnumber the participators. And that's the 2080 rule. And that is a weak church model, and the church can't survive that way. The front door and the back door will be about the same size, meaning people may come to your local church, but they will leave. There'll be a a similar number of people leaving the local church that are coming through. That's what I mean by the front door and the back door being the same size, because the participators can't meet all the need of the spectators who outnumber them. And because of that, number four, there'll be ineffective soul care. It's just not possible to care for souls when let's say that you have 50 people that are committed to your local church and 200 that are spectators. That's not an uncommon percentage as far as commitment versus low commitment. There's going to be ineffective soul care, which is just going to ratchet up the complainers and motivate people to become spectators. Another problem with low commitment is that you you fall to the trap of pragmatism, meaning you just find people to fill ministry slots because there's so much to do and you're trying to accomplish something ministerially, but you don't have the people to help you, and so you just start plugging people in the slots. What that means is character doesn't matter anymore. You can have low-character people filling slots in church ministry, and that is so dangerous. You have people with marriages that are falling apart leading ministries in a local church. Now, I'm not saying that these people should be perfect, but they should be on a trajectory where they are owning their sins, they're owning their problems, and they're working through their problems while they're doing ministry. There is a difference between imperfect people who are humble, honest, transparent, and they're owning their junk 
versus those who don't own it. They're just filling a slot and people don't really know what's going on in their lives. That is dangerous. And that spills over into point number six I want to make. Attenders in children's ministry, participating in children's ministry. Now it's quadrupled as far as the danger is concerned. There should be no uh, church attender fulfilling any role in children's ministry. Now, this is, I was saying earlier, the Bible does not mandate membership, and it doesn't. But I also said that because of this culture, this day that we live in, membership needs to be mandatory for this reason right here, children's ministry. I pastored for a number of years, and it's unthinkable to have a non-church member working in children's ministry. And I think we've all have heard enough news or read enough news to know about abuse and why this is such a problem. There needs to be reasonable and appropriate hurdles set up for the workers in children's ministry. Membership, background checks, accountability. We can't have limited accountability for a ministry worker. In any ministry slot, I talked about low character people earlier, but now it quadruples when we're talking about children's ministry. I would not want my child in any children's ministry if the person was not a member, committed to the local church, had accountability, background check, etc. What number six, attenders in children's ministry is taboo. Number seven, you can't do church discipline or I would not recommend church discipline on a non-member. We live in a litigious culture. I'll just leave it at that. Number eight, more attenders than members, it weakens the church. And that's what this graphic is about. Or again, if you're hung up on this idea of membership, low commitment people outnumbering committed people weakens the church. Here's the solution as I wrap up the podcast. Find a church, become a member. You join what you love. Find a church, commit to it. You commit to that which you love. Number two, don't complain if you're not part of the solution. Now, I know some pastors will tell you not to complain. They are wrong. They are dead wrong when they say that. But you shouldn't complain if you're not part of the solution. Complain, and I'm not talking about sinfulness, but I'm talking about instructive critique, participating in the solutions regarding the problems of the church. There should never be a gag rule. And if you have an authoritarian pastor who tells you don't, don't complain and you're committed to the local church, maybe you need to find another local church. But don't complain if you're not part of the solution. Number three, share your concerns with your church, with your leaders. Commit to it. Participate in it. Bring your complaints, criticism, critique, solutions, concerns. In this context, those are all synonyms. You must be talking to your leadership, and they must be open to hearing what you have to say. Number four, read my book, Local Church. Love it. Leave it. Change it. May God use that work 
with you, to help you to create a high view of the local church. And then number five, as you are changing yourself, begin discipling one other person in your local church with the hope of bringing change to your church. This is more than being a part of the solution. I said earlier, don't complain, but be part of the solution. I'm sorry, I said don't complain if you're not part of the solution. But I want you to do more. Here's how you can become part of the solution. Begin discipling someone. Bring somebody alongside you and begin pouring into their lives. This can have a dynamic effect on your local church. It can elevate the commitment of your local church. You want to take that DNA Whatever your internal infrastructural DNA is, you want it to be solid, thorough, gospel-centered, and you want it to grow. The heart of the church must grow exponentially more than the people who are coming in and kicking the tires. Now, after a while, these tire kickers must either buy the car or go, go to another lot because you want your infrastructure stronger than your attenders. This is episode 125. The title of it is A Weak Church Model, The Regular Attender. If you want to chat about this, please go to our website, rickthomas.net. I am Rick Thomas, and I would be more than happy to talk about this or whatever else is on your mind. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.